Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The word of God which we hear this morning is from the Gospel of Luke chapter 5 verses 1 to 11. And so it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and have caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. What is the name by which you call this room where we sit now and worship and hear God's word? Many of you may be familiar with the term sanctuary. That term reminds us that this is a place of safety and refuge. A sanctuary, like a bird sanctuary, an animal sanctuary, a sanctuary, a place where sinners come to receive the rest that Jesus promises us, to hear the the forgiveness of sins, to be safe from the, the troubles and the turmoils of the world and of our own sinful lives. Another term which is maybe not as common, but which many of you have probably still heard, is the word nave. This is a nave. That is from the old Latin word for ship or boat. And it once again reminds us of of that same safety, that same security. In the midst of a troubled sea, Jesus preaches in a boat and calls us out of the troubled and evil sea into the the safety of that boat of his kingdom. It's for that very reason that the place where Jesus' word is preached and people come to hear it has been known as as a nave, as a ship, even from very ancient times because of the text that is before us today. And indeed, it is in a boat that Jesus preaches the gospel in our text and today as well to you. Remember last week, the last words of Luke chapter 4 from our sermon text last week from the the verses just before our text this morning. Jesus told us, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also because for this purpose I have been sent. And indeed Jesus did go and preach the kingdom of God and still preaches it here in this ship, in this boat as well. In our sermon text, Jesus doesn't just preach the kingdom of God, but 
he presents for us a living parable. The account which is before us today is an example for us, a picture for us of the power of God's word and the way in which he desires to catch us and bring us out of this evil world into his kingdom. This preaching, this little boat, is on the Sea of Galilee. And throughout scripture, from very early times, the sea is a picture of evil, of turmoil, and of trouble. In Psalm 98, God assures us that he can protect and keep us from the raging sea. Psalm 89, verse 9, You rule the raging of the sea. When its waves rise, you still them. In the book of Revelation, it is from the sea that the great evil beast comes. In Revelation 13, 1, And I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. And because the sea is considered a source of tribulation and of suffering, there is no sea in heaven, according to Revelation 21, 1. Also, there was no more sea. Our lives are filled with turmoil and trouble, with raging and with waves that toss us back and forth and prevent, prevent us from feeling safe and secure. And yet, in the midst of this evil sea, which is our lives, here is Jesus in a boat, preaching to us the gospel reminding us of the forgiveness of sins and inviting us to come into that safety, that security of, of his ship, of his boat. The fish of the sea are the people whom Jesus desires to catch with the gospel. And just like fish, we spend our lives swimming back and forth here and there, always moving, always in a rush to get someplace, but accomplishing very little. And what we might accomplish is quickly destroyed and washed away by the sea. The fish are always busy and always going, and so often are we, but all their movements are mostly wasted. Isaiah reminds us of this same picture, the same truth, in Isaiah 53, 6, when he says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned each one to his own way. Isaiah reminds us that, yes, indeed, we are each one wandering around on his own path, often butting into each other and getting into fights and conflicts, but accomplishing very little. And just like fish, we are easily caught by things that are shiny, by Satan's tricks and by Satan's temptations. From this meaningless, empty, and sinful life, Jesus would call us, would catch us by the gospel and bring us again into that boat. And of course, the fish are not caught by their own will or desire. The fish do not decide to run into the net, but they are pulled against their will. And so Jesus also reminds us that he, through the gospel, pulls us against our will. Our sinful desire is to remain swimming meaninglessly in the sea, to remain a part of the world. And yet the Father draws us, as Jesus explains in John 6, 44. 
No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. And so Jesus comes in that boat, preaching that gospel, catching us by the power of his word, who spend all our lives in pointless sin, without any will or desire to escape from it, he pulls us out of that sinful life and teaches us that new life which we have in Christ. The nets, of course, are the preaching of the gospel by which Jesus catches us. And you notice that even in our text, the strength of the nets is not the rope out of which they are made, Our text is very clear that the nets were breaking so great was the catch of fish. It is a miracle, it is the power of Jesus which causes uh, the fishermen to be able to catch all those fish, but it's just as much a miracle and the power of Jesus that holds those nets together so that they can bring up that fish. And so also it is the power of Jesus working through that word of God, which is his net, which brings us out of the sea and saves us. You know, in our text, near the beginning of our text, we are told that the nets are being cleaned. The fishermen are busy on the seashore cleaning the nets. Many of the commentators suggest that this is very unusual, that usually if the fishermen caught no fish, they would have no need of cleaning their nets. Yet these are very diligent fishermen here, aren't they? Because even though they were up all night fishing, they don't go to bed until they have inspected their nets, making sure that there is no holes or tears or any other problems, so that the nets are ready to be used for fishing again. And if they hadn't done that, they would not have been ready to cast out their nets as they do later on when Jesus, at Jesus' word. But because they were diligent and prepared, they were able to take part in that miracle. God's word teaches us the same thing about being always ready, always prepared with the gospel. 1 Peter 3.15 reminds us, Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. We never know when God is going to call on us to to share the glory and the joy of that which we have been given through Christ Jesus. We never know when we are going to have opportunity to fish for men. And so we ought to always be ready. And 1 Peter teaches us how to do this. How can we clean our nets? How can we be ready to cast out that gospel? Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts. Set apart Christ, God, in your hearts. And always be pondering his word. Always be rejoicing in that message he has given you. We've just recently come from the Christmas season in which we heard how Mary constantly kept every little thing that God did for her and pondered it in her heart. And that's what Peter is talking about here, that that pondering of God's grace and God's mighty works in our hearts so that when we have opportunity, we are ready to share that wonderful news. Look what God did for me and how he saved me from my sin. Jesus comes in that boat preaching that gospel to us and calling on us to hear that word and ponder in our hearts so that we might always be ready to cast out those nets. 
at Jesus' word, they cast out the net. <clears throat> and the catch, the number of fish was so great that they needed another, they needed help from another boat, didn't they? Elsewhere, Jesus has reminded us of this same truth, that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers. God's word is far more effective and far more powerful than we usually give it credit for. We are often astounded and amazed at what God's word can accomplish. The effectiveness of God's word to catch sinners is shown in our gospel reading and is seen throughout the history of the world as well. Only Jesus says that what we need is more laborers who are willing to cast out that net. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest. Jesus, is, Jesus comes preaching in that boat and the effectiveness is, of his word is astounding to us. Finally, in our text, the last thing that happens is <clears throat> between Jesus and Peter and how Peter confesses his sin and receives absolution. Peter, seeing all that happened, seeing the great catch of fish, seeing how the nets did not break, seeing the crowds who gathered to hear Jesus, seeing and hearing Jesus' preaching, Jesus' word, Peter's eyes are opened so that he sees the truth. He sees not just a man, but indeed the Lord of glory, as Isaiah saw him in that vision that we, we read about in our Old Testament reading. And just like Isaiah, Peter's response is the same, isn't it? To, to fall down in confession, contrition, acknowledging his sin. I'm unworthy to be in your presence, Lord. And just like Isaiah, the Lord's response is the same. To purge, to cleanse, to forgive that sins, to give to Peter that absolution. That purging of sins is so important, it's so necessary. First, because we are sinners and it's what we need more than anything else. But then also because it is that purging, that forgiveness of sins, which is the message which Peter is to bring. It is the net which Peter is to cast to catch the fish. As I reminded you before our Old Testament reading, it is just such people whom God sends out to proclaim his word. Those who know their sin and who have received that absolution, that forgiveness, and rejoice in it, that purging that we saw in Isaiah, who are then ready to share that same joy, that same forgiveness that God has given to them. The Apostle Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians 5.19, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us this word of reconciliation. It is those who have been reconciled who are now prepared and ready to also preach that reconciliation. And it's that reconciliation, that preaching of the gospel, that makes this place a ship, a sanctuary. It is that preaching of the gospel which draws people out of this sinful world and gives them rest and safety in Jesus' boat. 
Jesus came in a boat preaching the forgiveness of sins. And it is where we hear that forgiveness of sins and where that forgiveness of sins is preached where we truly have a sanctuary, a nave, a church. The church of God comes through that preaching of that word of reconciliation. Wherever that message is proclaimed, we find the rest that Jesus has promised us for our souls, and which is the very reason he came preaching in a boat. Amen.